Welcome to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool, brought to you by Apology Educational Ministries. This is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. We want to affirm and encourage you in the decision to homeschool, challenge and inspire you to take it all to new heights, and celebrate everything you get to experience along the way in this adventure of a lifetime. We are your hosts, Davis and Rachel Carmen, and today we have a lad and April Lesh with us. Today's show is titled, A Response to Shiny Happy People. Okay, folks, let's talk homeschool. So in June, Amazon Prime released a documentary t- entitled Shiny Happy People. It's a story about reality TV's favorite mega family, the Duggars. And they put a spotlight on the family and some of their views regarding modesty, music, dating and courtship, having children, home education, politics, and a whole lot more. But they had a particular emphasis on the family's connection to the Institute in Basic Life Principles and its founders, Bill Gothard. I wrote a blog article in July with uh, a response. I had seven reminders that were some of my takeaways and a conclusion. But today we're going to continue that conversation and uh, talk about some other takeaways, uh, some good reminders, especially as we've had some feedback from folks who have read the article. So, uh, Lad, what, what was one of the responses we got in the, um, in the reading of the blog article from some of those readers that is worth uh, putting on the table and reminding folks and adding to, the, to our response? Yeah, I think it's important uh, as we look at this documentary series to acknowledge strongly that there were uh, real victims uh, caught up in all of this. Um, And it's tragic. It's wrong. It's sinful. And uh, so the documentary uh, series uh, did expose a lot of this uh, hypocritical behavior. Uh, you know, obviously there were there were clear victims involved, and we want to just acknowledge that, that this is a really tragic situation. Yeah, very, very, very true. And uh, April and, and Rachel, what are some initial opening thoughts you have just before we start our discussion? Because we have an outline of some things we want to talk about, but what are some of your just initial comments related to some of the feedback we got? Yeah. So one thing that really jumps out to me is, and this is something that. We've talked about around our dinner table many, many times, and that is in life when we find out things like this that are of a tragic nature or we slam into situations that are really terrible or frustrating or hard or sad, it's really important that those situations are only actually wasted if we don't learn anything from them. If we just plow into or get plowed into by the realities of life. And in this situation, like Lad was just saying, true victimization here and manipulation and people taking advantage of other people. I mean, it's it's really a harrowing tale of these things that took place. And that needs to be acknowledged and seen for what it is. But how can we learn from this? and go forward better? How can we take this knowledge and not just commiserate and not just sit in that, but actually take lessons from that and go forward and apply them? And that's what we really want to do during our time today is see what can we learn and take forward. 
And I think this is one of those situations, like so many situations in life, where no matter what you say, there are going to be people who are angry on yeah. either side because some people are going to say the Duggars and Bill Gothard and all these people are totally evil, totally bad. You know, you need to reject them. And then on the other side, there are going to be people who say, how could you throw the Duggars under the bus? You know, right, they're right. genuine Christians. So it's one of those things where unless you had like 12 hours to dissect everything and explain from every angle, it's, it's a difficult situation because there are so many nuances mm -hmm. because most likely the Duggar started out with genuine good intentions and were either deceived or self-deceived, you know, right. along the way. And then you start seeing some of the tragic consequences that come out of that. So most people, all, all people being made in the image of God, they have the sin nature, but they also have the, the image of God in them. And so this isn't to attack the Duggars throw them under the bus. And it's also not to say they're totally fine. Everything's fine, you know, right. because it obviously wasn't right. All right. So let's, let's go into one of our first points that we want to have a discussion about. And that is the fact that unfortunately there is no such thing as a perfect family. And part of why we want to discuss this is the title of the show itself, shiny, happy people. And the logo that Amazon put as the headline for this is trying to portray a picture that these are fake people, that they're pretending to be perfect, that they got it all together. But that's that's not the case. So how do we unpack that in terms of practically living our lives? Well, the first family, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, had Cain and Abel. Yeah. And we know how that uh, turned out after the fall. And so uh, ever since then, we've been grappling with... The family institution being an ordained institution by God, um, being a, a, a good thing and a right thing uh, de designed by God, but also being made up of sinful, fallen people uh, who, uh, you know, have gotten, uh, who can get things right and get things very wrong. And uh, so, you know, as we approach this topic, there is a level of humility I think we all, you know, seek because we all know that we're fallen, and we're we're uh, we're, but we don't want to uh, just then then be uh, responsive in, in the fact that you know the the family institution must be the problem. Now, what's the, the problem is it's made up of sinful people, right? Yeah, and I I think it's there's a lot of liberty in grace and mercy when we can embrace the fact that we're not called to be perfect. I think. We're called to pursue a perfect God, but we're not, he doesn't expect us to be able to be perfect, but to pursue him in all that we say and do. And I'm, I'm really grateful for our relationship with y'all because we've been involved in each other's lives enough. You've been in our house. We've been in your house. We've seen your kids. You've seen our kids. We've, you know, they've seen our imperfections. Oh, they've and seen you, them. You've seen ours. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that's a great thing. And I think in this whole idea of families, coming to terms with the fact that there's no perfect family can be a, this great exhale. It's freedom. It's freedom. Yeah. It's true freedom. And welcoming other people into your community, into your home, into your life, where you can actually not celebrate your failures, right? But acknowledge them and wrestle through them together on your knees and in prayer, anticipating what God's going to do. That's what we're called to, mm -hmm. yep. which is a contrast to what 
this whole thing highlighted. We, we were talking with the kids last night about, um, you know, obviously the way is, is narrow, but our, our life in Christ uh, is one for those in Christ. It's one under grace, not the law. Right. Even though that now we are in uh, under grace, we can now live out an imperfect obedience, but we can strive more for holiness. But on on either side of the uh, the way, the walk uh, with the Lord, are pitfalls. You've got uh, legalism on one side, where you try to put a perfect formula to everything, where you can act the Pharisee and where you can act like everything's perfect when it's not. And on the other side uh, of the, the, the road in the ditch is, you know, antinomianism, where you basically reject the idea of holiness and any sort of obedience at all. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, in Christianity, we see that there's often a ditch on, on either side. Yeah. And we're to walk in uh, grace by the Holy Spirit and, and seek to obey him, but being aware of the ditches. Yeah, um, last night at Family Devotions, Lad went through, he drew on the whiteboard the, the way, and then he had the two pitfalls on either side. So he wrote down legalism and then antinomianism and then explained to the kids what all that means and how the hardest thing in life is finding the balance between going off the rails, you know. And he spent like an hour doing this great um, dissertation on finding holiness. And then at the end he said, does anybody have any questions? And our four-year-old raised his hand and said, Dad, I have a question. Can you teach me how to draw a hawk? <laughs> that is perfect. It's a very okay. profound moment. That is perfect. That is that is the highlight of family worship, yes. right? You think you've had this moment and you've just brought it all together, and they're like, "So, how much tea is there in China?" And you're like, "Wait, just a minute. We're not even Dad's there. really good at drawing things. Yes. Maybe oh, you can teach me yeah. how to do that." That is crazy. Yeah, that was a great moment. No, but you make you you do make the point is. What we're called to is to walk in the light as he is in the light, one step at a time, on this narrow path, being mindful of the ditches on both sides. And really what we need to stay in the light is each other. Right. You know, we need each other and we've got to be honest with each other and we've got to make sure that we're pursuing the perfect savior, but not perfection Mm -hmm. itself. And it's really easy to get those two confused. Right, and and when you um, you can be you can be crushed by the weight of all of these to dos and all these formulas, and your heart's not even uh, you know yeah, in the right place potentially, or your heart might be in the right place, but all that does is breed more fear and anxiety. Yeah. Versus turning to the Lord and through the power of the Holy Spirit, seeking Him, repenting when we uh, mess up, and then uh, seeking Him with all your heart, soul, and, and mind, yeah. knowing we're only human. And so if, if you're, you know, obviously the, the scriptures give us um, the, the, the way, the truth, and the life, right. and they point to Christ as, as that. And then out of that, we have the law and we have our moral obligations, but it doesn't tell us every scenario and every situation. And we're to take the, the scriptures and then to apply it to our lives with wisdom. And that can be the hard part. Yeah. Well, well, exactly. And so we've talked about you know, the perfect family, that it doesn't exist, but we've also definitely touched pretty heavily on whether or not there's a formula um, and that can create that one extreme of legalism uh, versus throw out all formulas, who cares, we'll just have a license to do whatever we want right. uh, and you know, let sin abound. 
Uh, and those are the two pitfalls we, you want to avoid. So, but let's 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 hone in a little bit more right now on this formula idea. Because as parents, I remember when we had young kids, we were desperate for how do we do this? What is there a silver bullet? Is there something specific we can do to help either increase our odds of doing this well? Because we wanted to be good parents, and we were devouring the parenting books, going to seminars. So, let's talk some about that desire that a lot of folks have for a formula and whether or not it exists or what we're actually, what we need to be careful of in that scenario too. Yeah. I want to be the first one to confess. I would, I really like the idea of a formula. (laughs) I just want everybody to know. I don't want anybody out there to think that this just applies to other people other than me. The whole idea of a formula that would work every single time with every single kid and every single situation I got to tell you, that's appealing to me. I think that just sounds glorious. And so for what it's worth, I can see how people got caught up and deceived into this whole idea that if you just do it this way, it works every time. And I think it's worth acknowledging there's an appeal to that. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to watch it on the documentary and go, my goodness, what were they thinking? But step back a little bit. That kind of a guarantee, silver bullet, the idea that you just tick these things off the list, you just get up this early, you just tell your kids to do this, you just do this, this, and this. And, and they, you don't do this, this, and this. Right, and voila, everything works out perfect. I think it would behoove us to have compassion on the people who got caught up in this. Absolutely. Because there's a real appeal to that. Yeah, absolutely. That's not yeah. what we're called to. Yeah, I think that's the whole draw that the Duggars felt and anybody else who got caught up in ATI and whatever it's called, IBLP, is that what it is? Yeah. I had never heard of any of this until <laughs> I, I grew up in the Christian school world. So okay, there you go. I wasn't the cool kid that was homeschooled. So this was all new terms. And I remember when even after we were married, we had already started homeschooling. Lad mentioned, yeah, I had a couple of friends that went through this thing called ATI. And I had never heard any of it. And yeah. so, but there were people that got caught up in that and really, really believed in it. And I think that is the whole draw because yeah. you're promised a formula. They may not say it in so many words, but yeah. it's it's there implicit that if you do this, God will bless you. And if you don't do this, God will not bless you. And so really what it boils down to is the prosperity gospel in a different form. It's like yeah. you will have good kids. You will have a positive outcome if you follow these exact rules. That's the same thing these health and wealth preachers are saying you'll be blessed with money or health if you follow what we say, give us money, whatever. So it's, it's the, it's an old thing in a new version. And I think it's very appealing to parents because they want to do a good job with their kids and they want success. That's a very normal feeling. In fact, it'd be weird if parents didn't want success for their kids, you know, so, so they can easily, I can see how they could easily fall into that. But what you're going to get is either rebellion or, robot children who are just doing exactly what you say and who wants that at the end of the day to create 50 little robots that just parrot what you want to hear that is taking out their diversity their personality their own personal being made in the image of god you know it just it rips them of everything that is unique about each child and we both know we've had you guys had seven kids we had nine kids each child is so different there is not a formula that's going to fit for every single person. You can try. Good luck. On kid number two, you're going to realize this isn't working the same way it worked for, for kid number one. Yeah. I, I think the, the wisdom 
that scripture speaks to is the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Right. It says to train your child up in the Lord. So we, we as parents humbly are, are, uh, are seeking to do just that mm -hmm. and to take the scriptures and apply it to every area of our lives. Right. But acknowledging first and foremost that it is the Lord that must draw our child's heart. And it is, and while we, pray and we have a, a duty and a, and, a, a, and faithful obedience to train up our children and to be faithful to scripture, it has to be the Lord that opens their heart. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it, 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 it's, they'll do it on the outside and they'll just be shiny, happy people. But on the inside, they will be uh, miserable. I think one of the, the key things that this movement may have missed is that um, while their radar was out for uh, the devil, it, it missed and maybe the world as well, it missed the flesh. Mm. That the flesh is in you waging war against you, and it mm -hmm. is only when we walk in the Spirit through Christ that we can fight it. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're looking out there for the problem, you're not looking inward to yeah. see the, the problem. Yeah, I think that's excellent. And I think for me, so our parenting journey, our oldest is 32, I think what I've learned, and I, I'm sure that I haven't learned everything there is to learn, right? Because adult children is a whole nother thing, people. Let me just tell you. <laughs> but what I'm learning is it's a journey, and this is going to sound elemental, so don't expect something profound here. What I'm learning is it's just trust and obey, trust and obey over and over and over. You trust that God has a plan for these children, that he's sovereign over their lives, and you obey to teach them diligently and to walk in the light as he is in the light, and you trust and obey that he's going to do what only he can do. Mm -hmm. And you just do that over and over and over. But it's not a formula. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle. It's the way you approach everything you do with that. You're constantly trusting God with that child. Mm -hmm. You're constantly obeying God with that child, but you're never trying to just control the situation, yeah. which is the temptation with a formula. Yeah, yeah it's not a formula because every situation is different and every child is different, so it's, it literally can't be applied, you know? Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break, then return to this conversation. Hold on just a minute. This show is brought to you by Apologia Educational Ministries. Our mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Apologia is the number one publisher of creation-based science, math, Bible, and worldview curricula for homeschooling families with hundreds of number one awards over the course of more than two decades. Creation-based and award-winning. Now that's impressive. But more importantly, that's why Apologia is trusted by homeschooling families all across the USA and the world. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. All right, welcome back. So we've been talking about a response to the Amazon documentary titled Shiny Happy People. We've covered the fact that there's no such thing as a perfect family, so we need to be humble. We just finished a conversation about there is no such thing as a perfectly working formula, and uh, because part of it is our kids have free will and we want to trust and obey in God's plans. So now let's uh, let's transition to the idea of the fact that we are all sinful people. We've touched on this, but how does this apply to some of the lessons and reminders we got from watching this four-hour documentary and in terms of 
what we can take away practically for our listeners? I think we need to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to these important biblical issues, such as, like I mentioned, the institution of the family, Mm -hmm. Uh, God-given authority. God has given authority to the government, to the church, to the families, and to every sphere of life, Mm -hmm. to the workplace. And we're all under God-given authority. Now, what that means is we're under sinful authority. Uh, that, and, and, you know, we do, we do have uh, many examples of righteous authority, praise God, but by, you know, sinners uh, who, um, you know, can, can have mistakes as they apply that authority. Uh, clearly with uh, Bill Gothard, you know, I think he abused his authority. Mm-hmm. I think that is clear. And uh, I think he uh, had no accountability and formed kind of like a cult following around him. And that's, that's deeply disturbing. That is what it is. But uh, the, the God-given, that doesn't mean we throw out this idea of God-given authority. Right. Uh, just ask the San Francisco resident who is struggling to buy coffee under lock and key because they can't have anything out on the shelves or it gets stolen. Right. Uh, it, what they think about authority. It, there's a lack of authority there. It's not, it, the righteousness is not being done there. Right. Yeah, the, the family's still good. I mean, the family, which has an authority structure, still has not just a place, but a God-given place. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And it's it's so important to civilization, to uh, evangelism, to God's glory. And so, yeah, we don't want to just throw out family or think that parents don't shouldn't have rights in terms of... Uh, That's right teaching their kids, training their kids, educating their kids. Disciplining their kids. Just disciplining yeah. them just because some sinful people did it in a very poor, um, unbiblical, uh, negative way. Right. And I, and I would say this too, and I, I know, April, you and I have talked about this before. It saddens me too, as a strong woman, that submission gets trampled underfoot in this situation too. So the the marriage covenant, the headship of the husband, the submission of the wife, in a situation like this where authority has been misused and manipulated, then it one of the immediate responses often is, this is why women shouldn't submit to men, and this is why men are all bad, and they just lord it over women, and they use women, and they abuse women. And again, I think to your point, Lad, we're talking about sinful people. So all of this, the ideal is set up by Christ, that he's the head of the church and the husband is to be the head of the home as Christ is the head of the church. And the church submits to the authority of Christ like the wife submits to the authority of her husband in a perfect scenario. But when you're talking about sinners, obviously the play out is often less than perfect, is always less than perfect, right? But I think that there's a beauty as a strong woman to be submitted to my husband in our marriage that I don't think we need to be foolish enough to throw out mm-hmm. just because of this situation. Both both abuses of authority breed fear and right. anxiety. So if you have a 
horrific, abusive husband and father, that is going to create fear. And the obedience of the wife and children is out of fear. It's not out of love. But then if you throw it all out, you end up with situations like San Francisco where they have no respect for authority. There's no obedience. And that also creates fear because people need stability and they want good authority, even if they push against it in rebellion, like how, you know, kids often do, or, you know, people against the police or whatever, they may push against it and resist, but in their heart, they want good trustworthy authority so it's once again one of those situations where finding the balance is the right way it's the only way to to do it well you and, know? and i think fathers are key in leading in yes. this area i tell my kids all the time your father is under authority mm-hmm. i'm under uh, the authority of a, obviously god first and foremost and his word I am under the authority of our church, mm-hmm. the elders. I am under the, the authority of the government, uh, and and they'll find that out if I ever speed. I haven't sped <laughs> in many years. Uh, and they, they, we're we're under all different types of authority at work, and and your your kids ought to hear that the mm-hmm. father who is their authority figure in the home, and the and with the mother as the the the, the spouse, the helpmate, and also an authority figure right. in the home. Uh, it, they, the, the children need to see that their parents are under that authority and yeah. that there is a humility there uh, that we're all under God, praise God, that mm-hmm. we don't get to do whatever we want to do. And that helps us walk humbly before him, even as we teach them the rules and laws and right things of God. Well, and to your point, we're under the authority of God and his word, I mean, so much of this is, I mean, if you want to wrestle with somebody about these issues, go to the Word of God. These are all outlined in the Word of God. And, you know, our kids are a little older than yours, and there are so many conversations that I've had with our older slash adult kids about issues, and I'm just like, you know, I think this is an issue of wrestling with God. This is what God's Word says. I mean, I get that I'm you know, the old woman these days, you know, at 56, your kids, you know, you're, I'm a different generation than you. But I think you need to consider wrestling this with God. This isn't even wrestling with me. This is, this is, this is the revealed word of God. This is God's standard. This isn't me being an old fogey. This is what God's word says. So I think as we're disciplining and training our children, elevating the authority of God, submitting ourselves, like you're saying, to the authority of God. And I've said to my kids, look, there are things that I am under the authority of God about that I really wish that that wasn't what his word said. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that are in there that I'm like, oh, I wish that wasn't there. But the reality is it's there. And I am called to that standard. And that's my standard. And I have to wrestle through who I think God is and the truth of his word. And telling that to our kids. Yeah, I think the law of God will always offend yes. part of our life because it exposes us for, for who we are. Right. Uh, sinners, imperfect people. Uh, and that is what is the, the, the precious truth of Christ is that he came to take away our sin and give mm-hmm. us his righteousness. And right. now we are under grace, this gift we don't deserve. Praise be to God. Right. Now we live out the truths of Scripture uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, bearing fruit. Hmm. Not because it saves us, but because we are now under grace in Christ. This is 
uh, Paul in Romans exactly. laying this all out. And so uh, given that truth, then we walk humbly before God, mm-hmm. knowing that Scripture as our ultimate authority, as we dig into the more of the micro details, mm-hmm. say you take discipline. Well, how are you to train up your child? Well, in discipline... It must be discipline that gets to the heart of the matter. Right. And and explaining to them the truths of Scripture in love. Right. Not, and where you fall off in the, the, the path is, is going the anger route. Where you can also go off the path is having no discipline whatsoever. Right. And so, again, we have to go back to uh, Scripture here and wise counsel. Uh, always, uh, always teaching and training up our children in uh, humility and grace. Yeah, and fighting against that sin nature. I love what you said a minute ago. You know, the world has been touting for several years now that the answer is within us. And the problem is within us. That's right. It's our sin nature. The answer is in God. And so we have to make sure we're we're all sober enough about the fact that we're all sinners. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing about this whole documentary is it's really easy to watch this documentary and, and get stuck in how bad all the bad guys were. And there, there was a lot of bad here, right? But we need to use this as an opportunity to be sober about our own sinfulness right. and not forget that. So, so we've, we have talked about a lot of things that were um, bad, so to speak. You know, there's not a perfect family. There's not a formula. We're sinful people. And so all that has gotten in the way and created some of the problems that this documentary brought out. Um, as we... Get into this next topic, though. I'm actually really excited about this part because this is the good part of the story. This is this. We want to talk about the homeschooling piece. Um, we're all homeschooling advocates. We're we got lots of skin in the game. Lads, the general manager of Apologia, Rachel and I are the stewards, and we believe that homeschooling is a great tool. But part of what happened in this documentary is they painted with a very broad brush. And there were very strong implications and direct statements about how homeschooling or certain types of homeschooling were bad for kids. And we believe just the opposite. We don't believe this documentary represented homeschooling accurately in any way. So that's what I want to transition to now. Let's talk about how homeschooling is something good, how there's good things happening within the homeschool community, in homeschooling families, uh, how a lot of homeschooling families are actually very happy uh, because of what it's doing in their life, how it's sanctifying them in ways that are just beautiful and encouraging. So let's let's talk about our experiences and our views of how homeschooling it can actually be something really good, that, uh, and we can have a really good conversation about the topic of homeschooling based on having watched this uh, documentary. One of the things that cracked me up in the documentary was somebody said something like, yeah, you can spot a homeschooler a mile away. Like, it almost lumps them as if they're all the same. Right. And I'm like, well, maybe you can spot a homeschooler that was homeschooled like you a mile away. Maybe that's what you're trying to say. But there's so much diversity in the homeschooling world. I mean, you've got the hippie homeschoolers. You've got the ultra conservative. You've got so many homeschool families that it's unfair to lump them all under one umbrella. You could easily say the same thing about public school. You could say, like, you can spot a public school kid a mile away. One time I was parked outside of a public school um, at a stoplight, and I saw the kids coming out. And I'm telling you, they all looked exactly the same, and they all looked like they were somewhere in the middle stage of the evolution 
evolutionary process. They were all hunched over, <laughs> shaggy hair, staring at their screens and shuffling in a not even human walk, shuffling head a, a, down. A process we don't believe in, I, but yeah, yeah. eyes down. I, I was starting to believe at that point. I was like, this, this is starting to prove Darwin. But the point is, in that little group that I saw, one small sampling, I could have unfairly painted with a broad brush and said, every public school kid is like this. Yeah. They weren't making eye contact. They weren't talking. And I'm like, who wants to be a part of that group? Right. But that would have been unfair for me right. to say because right. there are so many public school kids who may be um, very motivated, you know, athletic, pursuing education, whatever. So to, to lump everyone in one category is wrong. And it just isn't logical because there are so many different types of people in the public school world, Christian school world, homeschool world. So we are, we are our own family dynamic. Every family plays out differently. And that is one of the absolute beauties of homeschooling because as a mom, you get to choose what you value in teaching your children. You get to be in charge of the curriculum and there's so much freedom. And it's so exciting because you're choosing things that you love, topics that your kids love. They can tell you an interest that they have, and then you can explore it together. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's the opposite of a formula. Mm -hmm. It's actually so much freedom because they get to learn things that they care about and it sparks their imagination. And I have seen the, the light on my kids' faces when they get to read something that they love, when they learn a new concept that they are like, oh, now I get it. You know, the light bulb goes off. That is fun and it's beautiful. And you would miss out on that if everybody was in a little classroom, all sitting in a desk, doing the exact same thing, the, the smarter kids being forced to stay on the same level and then the kids that aren't quite getting it are being drug along when they don't quite understand it yet. That's frustrating on both mm -hmm. ends. And that is an example of someone trying to make a formula for every kid, yeah. not homeschoolers. Yeah. We, we all grew up in this system of public schooling yeah. where we just assume this is the way it's always been. It hasn't always been this way. It, yeah. you, you haven't always just broken up the family and, uh, you know, had had this rigid separation of the family and you throw the kids on the bus and that's that you've you've uh, you know, exported them to the government system. That that is not always been the case. Mm -mm. Uh, and so when we talk about homeschooling so much of the time, it's like it, it's raising kids. Yeah. Uh, this, this is raising kids. You, right. you're, you're teaching them all the different spheres of life from work to um, you know, education, to obviously the Bible and, and all, all things about God and theology. And you're, you're teaching them how to be a human being and how right. to grow up as right. a you know, citizen of America and so, uh, or their, their nation, wherever you are. So you know, this, this is a way of, of uh, teaching your children mm -hmm. that it's getting back to kind of the roots of how it uh, was initially intended to be. Well, it's getting back to family. You know, I I love, I think it was one of my homeschool heroes, Deb Bell, who talked one time about homeschooling gives you the opportunity to work with curiosity instead of killing it. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good and idea. I think that's such a great line. I'm going to give her credit even if it, that wasn't from her. but <laughs> She'll take it. Oh, she'll take it. <laughs> but I think that's so true because... You have an opportunity, like you were saying, April, when your kids show an interest in something, let's explore that. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out how to do that. Let's read a book about that. And your kids are like so excited. Well, yeah, let's do that. Let's mm -hmm. check that out. And okay, it might be something next week, but you're working with their curiosity. Mm -hmm. And God has put them here, has sent them 
at this moment in time to your family on purpose for his glory. And so there's something that they are to do for God's glory. And it could be a wide variety of things. And you get to explore that with them. And so many people think that this is just over the moon hard and impossible. But really, you're working with your kids and you're working with God and the Holy Spirit's leading you as you're getting to know more and more about who God is and his sovereignty and his plan. You're getting to know more and more about who these kids are that he sent to your home and you're learning all of these things together. It, it, I want it for everybody because of what a glorious adventure it is. Yeah, you know, I get so excited about it because I'm like, I want you to, to get that. to, yeah, I want you to see the light bulbs that you're talking about. Yeah. Those glorious moments when you're sitting around reading a read aloud together as a family, or you're going on a nature walk when everybody else is stuck in a classroom, mm-hmm. or you're sitting there with your son who's worked for weeks to try to break the code of fractions, and you've you finally made a cookie the size of your island, and you're cutting it up, and it just, he finally gets what half is, mm-hmm. right? I mean, those moments... And the, the character moments when your kids are just at each other. I'm sure your kids never do that, but our kids would just get at each other and you would have these conversations talking to them about who God was and the different gifts and they had each other and, and they come together and they forgive each other. I mean, it's just, it, it's something that I want for everybody else mm-hmm. because of what a blessing it's been to my life. Yeah, the verse that we are learning this week in our homeschool was Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, which basically says, um, teach these words to your children, you know, when you're walking on the way, when you sit down, when you rise up, when you lie down. That's pretty much all day long. That's right. everything you do. And yeah. so how can you be doing that if you're not with your children? Right. So it's a very biblical concept to be able to be with them in daily life. And that's all homeschooling is, is teaching your children as you get up, as you lie down. It's not clocking in at eight o'clock and then clocking out at four o'clock. Now school's done and all all the learning is done. It's not like that. It's a daily walk and it's all learning together with your family day in and day out. And it's a blessing. It is Mm -hmm. not a hardship. Homeschooling may be hard at times. Sure. And I get that. A lot of moms will say, you know, it's so hard. Like I hate it. You know, I actually have always loved homeschooling and I would not change it for the world. I, even though some of the days and the moments are hard, I've never had that feeling like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be doing this with my life because what else would I want to be doing besides being with my kids experiencing life with them. I mean, no one loves your kids as much as you as a parent, you know, no matter how great the teachers are, they don't have that same bond and that same love. And so that's a huge blessing as parents that we can have. And and we are apologia. I mean, we, we started in creation science. Mm -hmm. We want our students uh, and families to experience the wonder and awe of creation. And we don't want them to think that this world is has all been figured out and discovered. There is so much more to be discovered. So many, yeah. so many new scientific theories to uh, discover and to pursue. And this world is really mysterious and wonderful. It is. And we want them to be uh, to to capture the wonder and awe of our Creator as they go into the world. So I'm hearing. Lots of energy in this part of the conversation. This, this is why I was excited about getting to this part. Is I, we're passionate about that, th- that subject of homeschooling. So I heard the actual words, exciting. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. And you heard it in all everybody's voice here, just how much we're enjoying this adventure, this homeschooling journey that we're on. Um, we 
actually love it. I mean, if you come away from this thinking we're unhappy homeschoolers, you're, you're completely wrong. You missed right. it. Yeah. You, you, as a listener, have to hear the joy and happiness that we're having and that we believe millions of families are having right. in their homeschooling journey. But there's, there's two other words that I heard uh, as April and Lad and Rachel were talking, and that is freedom and family. Mm-hmm. So when you homeschool, there's this freedom that can be hard to get used to. Uh, so you, you really have to kind of get used to feeling the freedom of mm-hmm. the schedule that fits your family, mm-hmm. the curriculum that works for your kids, the routines and culture that you build in your family life. What's it going to look like? And it's completely unique for each family. I mean, that's freedom to the mm-hmm. max. Yep. And then as Lad said, this this is just parenting. This is just doing family. And yeah. homeschooling is this like fantastic way to apply Deuteronomy 6, mm-hmm. to live it out. Yeah. Um, and so if you want to teach your kids the greatest thing, which is to love God with all their heart, heart soul, mind, and strength, homeschooling is a great way to do that. And if I really believe if you haven't started, you can be just as happy as what you're hearing here and what uh, other families are experiencing as they're homeschooling. Yeah, amen. At homeschooling, like you were saying, Davis, it's a tool. It mm-hmm. gives you the time, mm-hmm. and it gives you the freedom. Yeah. It's not going to save your child. We don't claim it ever will. Mm-mm. It's only Christ that can do that. But right. it will give you the time and the ability to disciple your children. Yeah, and I and I think, too, I think the government institutions have become torture centers, mm-hmm. ideological indoctrination centers. I think the opportunity we have in our home is to set our kids free to be who God has planned them to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I just wonder what solutions to the big problems of the world are at our feet every day. Mm-hmm. If we dare to set these kids free in the wonder and the curiosity their faith in God, they get who God is as we explore Him and His Word every day, as we explore their interest and encourage their interest, as we do life together. I believe some of the solutions, whether they're scientific or medical or economic or political, even in religious realms, I think a lot of that we have the opportunity to contribute to those answers as we home educate our kids and set them free to pursue God and pursue their dreams and their interests. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's a great way to uh, begin wrapping this up. So what I want to do right now is I want to give all four of us a chance to say one more thing. It can be a repeat of something that we've said, a clarification of something we've said, or a, a thought that came to you while we were having this discussion. So we'll just go around the table here and each one of us and say that one last thing. I think, um, back to your word, freedom. I was thinking this while you were talking about the freedom of, of homeschooling. I just had a conversation with two friends recently. One was just yesterday, who um, last year they were going through a really tough year. So she said, I'm going to put my kids in school because it's homeschooling was difficult. She put them in a classical school, and she said, this was the hardest and worst year of my life because being in that school, they had so much homework and so much mm. responsibility at the school that she said, we are actually detoxing right now from how difficult it was because you're doing something that other people are now telling you, but the mom still has to keep up with it. So the freedom of being able to school on your own with the topics that you and your family are interested in, it's just such a breath of fresh air. And another friend 
um, she had her kids in a public school and during COVID they had to shut down. So we were talking about it recently and how they, she did like online public school stuff. And she said, homeschooling was so hard. It was just awful. It was just such a drain. And I was like, that is not homeschooling. When right. you are following all the things at the public school, that is so much harder. And by the end of the conversation, she was like, yeah, well, I actually just don't want to homeschool. So <laughs> it's like, she just, she just kind of took it off the table. But I'm like, okay, but just so you know, that wasn't actually homeschooling. That right. was actually very difficult. So the freedom that you have as a homeschool mom and the joy that it has brought to me personally because we have this amazing collection of books chapter books that we read all the time and we have new things that we are constantly bringing out I just found a new great series just a few weeks ago that we started as a family so lad reads out loud um, every evening from a chapter book and then I do reading time with the kids out loud also and then they have their own personal reading time the memories that you are building Mm -hmm. and the experiences that you share just through reading aloud if you literally did nothing except read books out loud together as a family you are a trillion times more blessed than the average family who doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. And then you add on the things that you're learning, the things you're experiencing together, even working out in the yard together, the opportunities and um, the just doing projects together Mm -hmm. as a family, meaningful work. Like we're trying to do our farm stuff. So we're trying to put in all the fencing and all that stuff. I'm a very happy homeschool mom and I'm very shiny when I'm out on the farm (laughs) sweating. That's where I get my shine. But the opportunity to live this life together is a blessing beyond description. And I'm Mm -hmm. the same way as you, Rachel. I wish that all moms could experience this because I know what it has meant to us. And I know what we would be missing out on if we did not have that opportunity. Even getting to see your baby's first steps and all the little things, the way the little ones interact with the older ones, if they were separated all day at different schools and in different activities, they would miss the sibling relationship. That's something we haven't even hardly talked about yet. Just the beauty of the interactions of the siblings, the parents and the children. It is such a gift from God and it is something I would never trade for all the money in the world. We've talked about the fact that, you know, homeschooling is not going to save your child and that you know, every every family is going to struggle with with sin. I think we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about that today, but we've but there's also the side of as uh, parents, we are called to raise up our children and teach them what is right, good, beautiful, and true. Right. And I am not sending my kids to a government school that hates God, mm-hmm. and and I'm not going to send them to the wolves where they can be indoctrinated by woke religion right, and by the LGBTQ movement and all of these things that I know go against uh, God's word mm-hmm. and God's commands. I'm just not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I, I do struggle sometimes with parents that I know every parent thinks their public school is great, but in, this indoctrination has seeped in deep. Mm-hmm. And our children are uh, not equipped at younger ages, Mm -mm. to be able to stand firm, they need to be trained to do that. And homeschooling allows you to give them the training area uh, area of Mm -hmm. their life to battle some of these things, to discuss things and to, to, uh, you know, fight, you know, to um, have discussions regarding these big topic issues. So uh, I'm very thankful for the homeschooling as that tool and, and thankful to God that we've done it. Yeah. You know, I many years ago now, I don't know how many years it's been, maybe about 31 years ago, Davis took me on a date one night. Uh, our oldest son was six months old, and at the end of the date, we returned home, and there were fire trucks out in front of our house. 
um, and our house had had a fire. And I, I, ta- I tell that story because had we been there that night, we would have needed to get out of the house because it was on fire. We would not have sat in a burning house and said, well, if we get out of this house, where are we going to go? How are we going to do that? How do we know it will work out? No, no, we would have just gotten out of the burning house. I would like to plead with people listening to this, or maybe you know somebody who needs this encouragement get out of the burning house. It is easy to sit in the house either denying that it's on fire or panicked because you don't know what you're going to do to get out. And I would just say, please get out of the burning house. There, The enemy has been very successful in igniting so much fear about homeschooling. You can't do this. You don't know how to do this. It's going to be hard and blah, 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 blah. I would just implore you to consider what might God do If you just dare to step out in faith, get you and your kids out of the burning house, which is the public school system, and dare to believe that he will do what he always does, and that is take care of you and your family and show you the way that you should go. I do not believe it will be a decision that you will regret. Will it be hard? You betcha. Mm -hmm. But will it bless you? Will it bless your family? Will it pay in dividends over the generations to come? Yes, it de- indeed it will. So get them out. Get them out. Yeah, so my, my final words would be related to a, a comment that April made about the public school actually seeking the formula. Um, and as parents, that is the temptation. We talked about that. We, we want a checklist. We want to figure, figure out how to do this exactly and basically become good legalists and and task-oriented people, but we actually should be seeking freedom. Um, As Christians, we don't want to be enslaved to sin. We want to be free in Christ. That's not a license to sin, and the other end is to not be a legalist about it. But true freedom means living what God has called us to be, um, bringing glory to Him. And so in this homeschool world, don't seek the formula to educate your kids exactly right because they're all so different. And one of the things I love about homeschooling is the fact that you can actually customize the education, the training, the discipleship of each individual kid perfectly to them. Um, you don't have to do it the same for every kid. And you shouldn't do that. Even in the homeschool world, if you have three kids, six kids, or nine kids, each one of them should be, um, there may be some things that overlap, like the reading that you're doing together as a family and creating those bonds, but so much can be customized based on what God is calling that kid to be. Uh, That was a question we would ask our kids a lot when we were growing up is, what is God calling you to? And if nothing else, just to plant that seed to get them asking themselves that question so it would become part of their thinking and way of pursuing God. So I just love the freedom and the customization that comes with the idea of homeschooling. All right. Well, it's time to bring this conversation to a close. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Lad and April, for being here today. Uh, Your insight was fantastic. And folks, we hope you'll join us again next time. This is Let's Talk Homeschool, brought to you by Apology Educational Ministries. 
And we are your hosts, Davis and Rachel Carmen. Again, we had Lad and April Lush with us today. Have a great day. And until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.